Here we go, one more time. Everybody's feeling fine. Actually, we're not feeling fine. We're actually very sick right now. So one more time, we have to delay episode 150 and put up an episode from our crowdfund crypt. This is a bonus episode that normally you would only get to receive if you were part of our Patreon. But we're going to put it up here on the main channel because we love you and our fans so much and we're too sick to get off the floor. I'm currently laying on the ground shouting at a microphone that's probably too far away. Uh, and I have to edit this, so this is not, this is still not ideal for me. But we want to get something up, so please bear with us. We would usually at this point do like maybe a guest host and get something out and maybe watch something else, but it's episode 150 and we want episode 150 to be the episode we want it to be. Because uh, it's a celebration. So please enjoy this episode of The Plot Game that we played on uh, the Crowdfund Crypt. Uh, past us will explain it better than I'm currently explaining it. But before we get to it, I do want to announce the next poll for the May episode. What would you like us to watch? This is going to go up on our Twitter, and then the top two will move on to the Patreon, and our patrons will decide what the crowd choice is for this month. Your choices are, returning from last time, it is four different WWE pilots. Uh, the WWE put out four, like, 12-minute pilots on the WWE network before it died. Uh, now they're available on Patreon, starring such wrestlers as Bo Dallas, The Club, uh, The Fashion Police, just everyone that's fired now. Uh, so we could do that. Uh, we could also, since we now have Discovery Plus, we have two Discovery Plus shows. We have The Wheel, which is the reality show of eight different people who have to live in various different climates depending on what the evil, sadistic survival wheel says. And then we also have Bear Grylls Treasure Island. I believe... Bear Grylls leaves a bunch of people to die on an island in an attempt to win treasure. But if you're not interested in wrestling and you're not interested in Discovery Plus, we also have a very strange pilot. It's called Don't Ask The John Goodman from 2000. So we have Don't Ask The John Goodman, The Wheel, Bear Grylls Treasure Island, and four different WWE pilots. The poll will be up on Twitter, hopefully now, if we can crawl over to the Twitter machine. Uh, but until then, please enjoy the plot game. Good evening, grave robbers, and welcome back to the crowdfund crypt. It, it seems really goofy to do the normal intro whenever we do one of these that's not about a piece of media. Yeah. So, boom, boom. I have game show music I can throw in. Cool. Yeah. So, um, we are doing the plot game. This is one of those fun crowdfund crypt episodes where we... This came from a conversation we had off mic just one day. It came from... There's two events that I think really came from this. One was Lara was really upset she didn't film my reaction to watching the trailer to Dear Evan Hansen. Yes. Because we watched the, the trailer for Dear Evan Hansen, and just like a little bit of backstory. Christmas one year, I was trying to get something for Laura, and I was like, hey, Laura, are you free this day? And she said, sure. And I said, okay, don't make plans. We're doing something real fun. And she went, okay, can I just say one thing? And I was like, sure. And she went, I don't want to see Dear Evan Hansen. And I went, why not? And then I saw the trailer for the movie and turned to Lara wide-eyed and went, that's what that musical's about? Because full disclosure, I adore the music in Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah. It's, the music is gorgeous, but I cannot stand Evan as a character. And it's really interesting to see that in the five short years this musical has existed, mm. the discourse swing back and forth on how sympathetic Evan really is. Yeah. Um... If you don't know the plot of Dear Evan Hansen, I recommend you watch the trailer right now. Also, it's very funny because we, we talked about this in the Discord for a while. Yeah, about he's 30. <laughs> yeah, how he's pushing 30 and everyone else playing high schoolers is still 
Dawson casting. Like, yeah. they're still in their early 20s. But they're in their early 20s and can still kind of play high school. Mm-hmm. He looks old. What's strange is he looks older than what he normally looks like. Their efforts to make him look younger. Make him look older. Make yeah. him look older. Like, Ben Platt, probably in his normal state, looks still Dawson casting but, like, not so yeah. bad. When you put him in teenager clothing, you're like, ooh, that's putting lipstick on a dog. It's not even the teenager clothing to me. It's the, like, the curly hair and, yeah. like, how they tried to make him look. So we thought this would be fun. Yeah, so we came up with this idea for a game where Lara would give me uh, different musicals, and I would try to best describe, based on the little information I have, what the plot probably is. I'm going to give Lara a video game. And she's going to try to tell me the best that she can, based on the information she has, what she thinks the plot is. I'm benevolent. I will say everything I chose was at least nominated for Best Musical of the Tony Award. So everything ran on Broadway. Mm -hmm. I'm not pulling any, like, very weird, had a two-week run at the paper mill in the 70s. I... I'm all over the place. That makes so sense. So I grabbed some stuff that you probably at least heard of. I'm going to have some stuff that I have. I bet you have no idea exists. So we're going to be all over the place going back and forth here. And we did ask our patrons if they had any suggestions on uh, things that they wanted us to ask. And uh, I did not get any. I did, but, but it was actually one I already had on my list. Oh, okay. So I'm happy about that. Okay. So who wants to go first? Um, I can. Okay. So, we're also, you have, what, the box art? I'm going to send you the box art, along with giving you the title. And And I'm sending you either the playbill or the poster, depending on what I was able to access in decent quality. Yeah. And we're not really keeping score here. I guess you guys can tell us who won after you listen to this episode. Comment on who won the, the plot game. We're also going to be talking really fast because we have to turn the air off, and it's uh, currently 90 degrees out. Yeah. So the first one is Thoroughly Modern Millie, and I'm sending you the picture right now. Thoroughly Modern Millie uh, is the story of Millie, who is thoroughly modern. Did I nail it? No. She's like, she's trying to make her way through the world. I want to say, like, I'm kind of seeing, like, that girl, where it's just, like, she wants to prove herself. She ends up in New York. She it goes down a seedy uh, path. She realizes that what it takes to be a New Yorker involves a lot of filth and dirtiness. And uh, she's trying to discover who she is and trying to make it. And she gets taken advantage of. Thoroughly Modern Millie. You are closer than I expected. Yes! <laughs> thoroughly Modern Millie is the story... What what era do you think Thoroughly Modern Millie takes place in? Modern times. So the 20... 20s. <laughs> the 2020s? No, the 1920s. Correct! Yes! <laughs> um, thoroughly Modern Millie tells the story of small-town girl Millie Dilmont, who comes to New York City yes. to marry for money instead of love. A thoroughly modern aim in 1922, when women were just entering the workforce. Millie soon begins to take delight in the flapper lifestyle, but problems arise when she checks into a hotel owned by the leader of a white slavery ring in China. Whoa! Whoa! (laughs) (laughs) Let me tell you, had I not gotten the playbill, I probably would have said something completely different. But when I saw her in, like, a flapper dress, like, I was like, oh, okay, uh, this, I have an idea of what Millie is as a character now, so... Yeah, this uh, this show is also not quite lovingly called Thoroughly Racist Millie. Okay. Because there's a lot of really bad Asian stereotyping in this. I'd imagine. And uh, this was an incredibly successful show, actually. This one... Really? Yeah, this was the biggest show of 2002. This came out in 2002? Yeah. It was based on a film... In the 60s, that starred Julie Andrews. Okay, because, like, in my mind, Thoroughly Modern Millie is, like, in there at the same time as, like, Annie Get Your Gun in Oklahoma. 
in terms of my like mental time frame of Broadway. Now, this is not a revival. So like, Millie did not run on Broadway till the 2000s. And a lot of these songs were written for the musical. Okay, I did not realize You that. have heard several of these songs in our home. Yeah, I was about to say, can you give me a Millie song? Um, burn the bridge, bet the store, baby's coming home no more. Not okay. for the life of me. That's the one I sing the most in the house. I figured that was the one you had the best chance of knowing. Okay. okay. Or uh, Gimme Gimme That Thing Called Love. Okay. Which I've eaten too much cookie dough to successfully think I could approach belting. <laughs> All right. They sell safe to eat raw cookie dough now, and I am on that train. All right. So I think I did. I did okay. Yeah. I did okay. And I'm gonna I'm gonna actually start with a nice uh, softball for you as well that I think you'll be able to get a good amount from. All right. Because uh, I didn't want to come completely out of uh, left field with something, so I thought I'd ask you about something that you have seen me play for hours. Oh no! Can you please tell me the plot of Enter the Gungeon? Oh, oh my God! I pay attention sometimes. <laughs> I've been playing Enter the Gungeon nonstop for like two months. You need to change the past. Okay. So you need to get through all of these different rooms slash levels. And you have to find the sword or the gun that will allow you to change the past. Okay. And there's a corgi. <laughs> There's a corgi, right? There is a corgi. <laughs> yeah, you can see it in the picture. Oh, crap. I didn't even see it. You can see it in the picture. Yeah. And eventually you fight larger and larger obstacles, including like a whole ass spaceship. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. And then I'm playing Dr. Mario and not paying attention. What are you fighting in general? Uh, robots. Robots. Or aliens. Or aliens. <laughs> Okay. Oh, 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 skeletons! Because you're racist against skeletons. I am, yeah, I am racist against skelly men, and I think that they're all evil. And they are all evil in this. No, isn't there, like, one nice skelly man in this? You can get... And, he's, and you call him one of the good ones? <laughs> you can... One of your familiars can be a good baby skeleton. See? See, I feel like I get a lot of points for detail. Okay. Uh, so... <laughs> You got some interesting stuff. Uh, swords, of course, blasphemy in the gungeon. Yeah, whoops. Uh, so you're actually fighting bullets. Every oh. enemy, besides, like there's some skeletons and stuff like that, for, but for the most part, the gun dead are bullets and bullet casings that shoot at you. Oh. Uh, and you are looking Which for- Which is kind of like a robot. It's metal. It's metal, yeah. And uh, you're- Going through the different floors of the gungeon to get the gun that can kill the past, which is a gun with the barrel that points back at your own face, and then you shoot it with the bullet that can kill the past, and then you go back in time, and you can, like, fix one of your old mistakes. There's four characters. I'm really bad with the uh, convict, so I, I can't even tell you what the convict's supposed to be doing. Okay. But uh, if you play as the marine, it's basically the plot of Doom. Okay. Where you've opened a portal to hell and you need to kill everything. If you play as the Huntress, it's basically Frankenstein. Okay. And if you play as the pilot, it's actually supposed to be uh, Firefly. Oh. Where like you are this small spaceship that's trying to get that's about to get like arrested and uh, by like the government. And when you go back in time, instead of accepting that fate, you fight. Uh, and if you're me, you die. Instead of beating the game. Okay. Okay, pretty good. Pretty good so far. Yeah, I'm going to kill it. All right. All right, here's our next one. This was uh, something that Amos suggested that was actually already on my list. So I already have the picture ready. Okay. And this is Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812. Ooh, okay. And the logo gives you almost nothing. N- what, Nata- what's the last name? 
Natasha, Pierre. Pierre. And the Great Comet of 1812. Okay. Am I, I'm trying to decide if it's uh, Natasha, Pierre is one person or if this is a list. Natasha, Pierre, and the Great Comet. I'm going to say it's a love story between Natasha and Pierre uh, on the day that Haley's Comet comes by in 1812. Uh, I also want to say it's a roller coaster, but I think that's going to... Like, a roller coaster in 1812 seems very incorrect. Uh, it's Natasha and Pierre are star-crossed lovers that can't be together because one is Russian and one is French. And... Despite the fact that they can't be together, they look up at the same great sky where they can both see uh, the great comet that goes by. Um, And that's what connects them, is that they're able to see the great comet and uh, it crashes and is full of aliens. So that was part fival. <laughs> so, right. So, this is the musical somewhere out there is from. Wait, was this based on something? Somewhere out there, the great comet flies. That's this. That's this musical, right? Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812 is a sung through musical adaptation of a 70 page segment from Leo Tolstoy's 1869 novel War and Peace. What? Wait a minute. Is this just a couple of the pages? It is based on part eight, focusing on <laughs> Natasha's affair with Anatoly and Pierre's search for his meaning in life. Natasha and Pierre do not end up together at the end of the musical. Oh. They actually, it ends on. And Pierre's actually still married to someone else. She sucks, but he's married to her. And Pierre says, like, if I weren't married. Do they end up together at the end of War and Peace? Has they, anyone ever finished that book? I believe they do actually end up together later oh, in War and Peace. Interesting. Josh Corban was the original Pierre. So this is... <laughs> just, I wanted to see this very badly when it came really, out. It's, so it's part of a book. It is 70 pages. Of one of the longest books of all time. Yes, and it is a full, like, three-hour musical. This isn't, like... On those 70 pages. Yes. Uh, is there a song I would know from this? No. <laughs> uh, the music's extremely difficult. And I am not a strong soprano. Okay. So... Yeah, th- this one, I, I knew nothing about. I've never heard of The Great Comet. At all. Like, they do this really fun thing where they kind of give every character one word to like establish them to the off- audience. Natasha is young. Um, Anatoly is hot. Sonia is good. Helene is a slut. Maria is old school. Dolokhov is fierce, but not too important. Um, Mary is plain. Like, so they kind of try to do a prologue that introduces all of these characters and give them one trait, which I think is a really good way to approach Tolstoy. Yeah. Because then you can be like, oh, that's the hot one. Oh, that's the plain one. <laughs> that's what you have to do. Interesting. Okay. All right. I, let me tell you how badly I wanted to say roller coaster. Like, the whole time. I was like, it, it's probably about a roller coaster. The Comet is the roller coaster in Hershey. Yes. And this kind of looks like a roller coaster, maybe, like the front of a roller coaster. I'm going to show you something that is going to feel a little more... You're a little closer than you think with the set design. Oh my god, the set design looks like a roller coaster track. Yes, and there are like, there are onstage tables. A lot of it is based in cabaret. It's one of the reasons you're not going to see it revived very often is because hard. this is a difficult show to run. Okay. It honestly got eaten by Dear Evan Hansen. Okay. And there are people on the internet who are, and I quote, still mad. Still mad. Especially as the discourse on Evan Hansen um, swings out of favor. Mm-hmm. People are mad that this show didn't win Tony's and closed in favor of Dear Evan Hansen sweeping. Okay. Uh, so I gave you your softball, and now I'm pushing you into the deep, murky mess. All right? Okay. So here we go. 
What? No. I'm trying to. I'm trying to send. Thank you, Amos, for the suggestion. Yes, thank you for the suggestion. I, I think it's very funny that it was like second on my list already. Yeah. Uh, so, Lara, could you do me a favor? Because I've been trying to figure this out. Could you go ahead and tell me the plot of Final Fantasy X? I thought we agreed that there would not be Final Fantasies on here. No, I no, we just certainly did not. Um, an extremely pretty boy with a sword <laughs> does extremely pretty boy things okay. with a sword. Okay. And he has a silly name that is a noun, probably a weather-related one. Okay. Perhaps Squall? No, that's eight, but good uh, guess. Lightning? No, that's Queen. 13. <laughs> oh, I was joking. <laughs> I know it's not cloud. No, that's Because seven. I know cloud. Uh, rain. Hail. No, no, thunder. No. Sunny. No. Uh, nor'easter. Where is he standing? Ocean. Okay. And what, what will be in the ocean? Waves. Yeah. Water. Is this dude's name water? No. Sea? No. What, what do waves do? Fishy. Crash. Yeah. Bandicoot. It's a Crash Bandicoot game. No, it's not a Crash Bandicoot game. Crash Bandicoot was something I greatly considered putting on this list. But then we watched that ad that summarized all yeah. of the Crash Bandicoot <laughs> games, and you and I were like, Crash Bandicoot's got lore. Um, water, waves, crash. So, uh, Tide? It, it, <laughs> his name for so long was Titus. And then... Somehow, like, we found out, because they never say his name, because you can change it okay. in the game, that it's supposed to be pronounced Titus. <laughs> and everyone's like, no, it's Titus, because Titus is a name and Tide. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Final Fantasy ones are hard. Yes. Like, it's got an overarching, overly convoluted story. Yes. That doesn't make sense even after you play the game. It ties into several other games. And probably like a trading card and or mobile app. It's a PS2 game, so like a trading card game or something. Okay. Okay. I like this because this this really just applies to all Final Fantasy games. Yeah, you can be. You. I was going to just say, could you give me the plot of Final Fantasy and see what you said? Watch. <laughs> <laughs> I've just gone no. All right. What what we got here? Okay. So. <laughs> I love the plot of Final Fantasy X because it is so confusing. And then one day I watched just the cutscenes, and it's so blatant and on the nose it's frustrating. Okay. Okay. So, uh, Titus, uh, he plays Blitzball. This is where they were getting away from card games, and there was like an action game you could play. Okay. Uh, and one day, while he's in part of the Xanarkin Apes, uh, he gets sucked into like a portal. And he ends up in this other world of Spira, uh, or this other time of Spira. And he meets Yuna the summer, Summoner. And Yuna has to go on a quest because of the religion of Yevon uh, has all the faith in her that she can defeat this monster that terrorizes the, the world called... Sin. The monster's actually called Sin. <laughs> and the summer, summoner uh, can uh, send people to the far plane, which is like heaven. Like, so when people die, she does like a ceremony and they go to the far plane, which is a place you could just go. <laughs> like, you can also just walk there. Okay. Uh, and. Upon the trip, they realize that, uh, or Titus finds out that Yuna has to die to stop Sin. And that'll bring upon the calm, which is the uh, couple of years that Sin's gone, and then Sin will just come back. So she has to die for like two or three years chill? I, I feel like it's like 17 years <laughs> of, of like relaxation and calm because Aaron, one of the other guys with them, has already done this journey once and had to watch his summoner die. And now he's doing Was it Was his again. summoner also female? Uh, no, I don't think so. Summoners can be dudes because there's, there's an evil summoner. I know. Seymour. Seymour. Yeah. Yuna, Titus, suddenly Seymour. Yes, yes. Uh, so uh, they then find out 
that uh, the faiths, no, yeah, the faiths are these like spirits of beliefs that are dreaming and they're dreaming of Titus. So Titus died a thousand years ago and this is just his memory. So it is the combined efforts of faith to create this Christ figure that will save us and die. (laughs) Cool. And then in the second game, Yuna becomes a pop star. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, so that's that game. (laughs) Okay. What do you got for me? (laughs) Okay. Your next one is... Parade. Parade. Incoming. All right. So, Parade. parade. Uh, Picture has been sent. Yes. Parade. I will say there's a um, there's a signature on the picture. It d- disregard it. It's just the lead actor signature. Okay. Yeah. Uh, parade. A true story. A love story in a musical. Uh, this is where the song "I Love a Parade" comes from. I love a parade. And it is about a big, happy, fancy parade and the one person who hates parades and doesn't want to go to parades. Uh, But eventually, because it's a feel-good musical, they learn, you know what, parades are pretty great. And he joins the parade and he marches along. I think this is also where 76 trombones come from. 76 trombones in the big parade. Per- it's it's about parades. <laughs> Feel good musical, huh? It's about parades and the love of parades. Parade is a musical... Uh, parade the musical is a dramatization of the 1913 trial and imprisonment and 1915 lynching of Jewish-American Leo Frank in Georgia. What? So the, the titular parade is a Confederate Memorial Day parade. Mm-hmm. And on Memorial Day, uh, Leo Frank is framed for the rape and murder of a 12-year-old girl. Okay. That, uh, a 13-year-old employee uh, named Mary Fagan. And he was the factory manager. And it's one of the first, like, sensationalized media trials. Okay. And he is innocent. Right, because like, he's framed. In the musical, he is 100% innocent. And it's also him learning to reconnect with his wife, with whom he'd been really disconnected because he moved down to Georgia to, like, and married her. Looking for a soul to steal? No. (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't couldn't, (laughs) couldn't resist. I let you talk about Titus and Squall and all that forever. We can continue. I'm, I'm very interested to hear about how terrible Parade is. Uh, so it is like literally the opposite of a feel-good show. It is him. He's very disconnected from his wife. It was almost an arranged marriage. What? And we end up... She ends up being his greatest advocate. She is the one who ultimately gets his sentence commuted from the death sentence to life because they kind of... Uh, they know that he, they know there's significant evidence he didn't do it. Okay. So they don't, he's not released from jail, but he's not going to get the death sentence. And the people of Marietta are infuriated, feel justice is not being served, and then kidnap Frank from his cell and ultimately murder him. Why is it called Parade? (laughs) Because it starts and ends on the Memorial Day Parade. Oh. Is it also to trick people into seeing it? <laughs> Maybe, because it is rough. It sounds it. Okay. Well, all right. So I, I'm I'm going to go now just to change topics. And you uh, probably do know. Do I know a song from Parade? Is uh, it not 76 Trombones in the Big Parade? No, neither of those songs are from. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of one... That you might know from me singing it in the house. Yeah. Um, somehow I haven't with my scheming screwed things up beyond redeeming. And we're finally on our way. And no, this isn't over. Hell, it's just begun. 
Hail the resurrection of the South's least favorite son. Okay, that line sounds okay, familiar. Yeah, singing at you and knowing it's recorded is so stressful. Yeah, I'm I'm really upset I didn't include a game that would involve me singing. Like, unfortunately, I'm not going to be asking you the plot of Parappa the Rapper. Yeah, to be fair, I, I wanted to use big news from Parade as an audition song because Britt Craig is a really fun character, the sensationalist. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the reporter who sees his chance yeah. to make a name on this trial. Mm-hmm. So he's instrumental in stirring up crap in this trial because he needs it to launch his own career. Yeah. Because before that, he was just... A drunk reporter. Yeah, this is not a feel-good show. No, it doesn't um, sound it. The music, however, is beautiful. Um, that is... It's Jason Robert Brown, so you know, like, Songs for a New World in the last five years. Yeah. The music is incredible. It's a beautiful show, but it is sad. All right. Okay, I'm going to give you an- another one that I think that you'll know something about instead of throwing you into a Final Fantasy game. I was so it's, mad you did a Final Fantasy. It, it's a game that I love very much and I know that I talked about, but I haven't talked about it in a while. Oh, boy. Could you tell me the plot of Bioshock? Okay, so the first Bioshock. The first Bioshock. Haha. So you are in Rapture? Okay. Which is an underwater city. Okay. Uh, I don't remember your name. Okay, that's fine. And there are big daddies and little sisters. Okay. And there are also... Oh, God, what are the bunny people called? Ah, I have one of these masks, and Mm -hmm. you call me one of these things anytime I wear it. And you have, like... Serums you can inject into yourself for powers. Okay, okay. Uh, it's very, like, art deco in theme, look, and sound. Mm-hmm. And because I'm also blatantly thinking of the Mag Labs we went to that was Bioshock. Yeah, yeah that's why I thought you would have, like, some ideas that you could piece together. That's why I gave you this one. That's what I, I, I'm piecing, I'm piecing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's always a man, a lighthouse, and a city. So I'm assuming there's a man, a lighthouse, and a city. Th- those things all exist in this game. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a quote from Infinite. There's always a man, a lighthouse, a city. Yes. <laughs> that's Splicers! They're Splicers! The yes. bunny people are Splicers. Mm-hmm. Splicers. Okay. Bunny bunnies. I feel like I knew a lot. What do you What are you doing? Like, why are you there? Um. Look at this cover again. Drilling. You're drilling. Cause you got a big old drill hand. What What is the cover of this? Oh, it's a big daddy. It's not you, is it? Hey, back to big daddy. <laughs> I feel like I had... I was a lot closer There's than- a lot of good stuff. There's a lot of good stuff in there. Uh, but, like, there's almost a part of me that, like, wants to replay Bioshock and have you watch because the story of Bioshock is so good. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, that's mostly it. Uh, I Forgive me if I say the wrong year, but it's uh, a 1950s uh, because you show up and there's all these signs for a New Year's party. That's yes. why everyone's wearing, like, masks, because it was a masquerade New Year's party. And uh, you are on an airplane, and uh, the airplane crashes, and you just happen to be at the lighthouse. And then you kind of stumble your way down. Uh, your character has a name eventually, but not in this game. Okay. So the fact that you didn't know the name is actually part of it. Ha-ha! Um... There was, there was a, a very key phrase that I was waiting for you to say that you did not say. What? Uh, I, I don't know if I want to say or if I just want to show you this game because this game is so Would you kindly? Would you kindly? Yeah, I was going to say, I know, I don't know how it figures in. You don't know how it figures in? Oh, okay. Uh, but there's always a man, a lighthouse, and a city. Yeah. Is the idea that uh, the events of Bioshock Infinite are the events of Bioshock in an alternate universe. Okay. So there is always a man in charge of of a city and a lighthouse, but in Bioshock Infinite, it's in the sky, and in Bioshock, it's underwater. So they actually, like, 
They exist. It like you know how they're like, oh, does that exist in the same universe? It's the answer is actually like no. Okay. But they also jump different universes. So yes. <laughs> Yeah, I'm more familiar with Infinite than I am with Bioshock. I know you were. That's why I didn't ask you about Infinite. I want you to ask me about Bioshock. Bioshock is such an amazing game. And it's one of those things where, like, if you don't know the twist, I don't want to say it to you. Because it's beautiful. Uh, But for such a dark game, so, so, so much character in it. So I was just curious. That was more of a feeling out of, like, hey, what do you you know about Bioshock? (laughs) I know that we joked around that it was thematic that it rained the entire weekend of that it did. It rained that whole weekend. And it like really felt thematic. Uh alright, I'm gonna I gotta the next one I'm gonna load up for you is probably gonna be a quick one, so hit me with one. Okay. So we are gonna do a little night music. A little night music. Okay. Yeah, this is my screw you one. Oh, I thought you were describing it. A little night music. Okay. So we got a tree that uh, appears to have a bunch of naked people in it. So I'm going Good to say... Good catch. Because not everyone sees those initially. You think I'm not going to see naked people? Come on. Fair. I almost didn't see the tree. Uh, I'm going to say this is about a uh, an orgy that takes place outside. It's like this big, it's like kind of like Burning Man. It's like this evening of people coming together for debauchery, and uh, it's probably a cult. It is a cult of people that get together and have sex with each other outside in the moonlight. Uh, and this is where the song Somewhere Out There comes from. Somewhere I thought you were going to get what song it was from it, but there. that's not. A little night music, a little night music. Um, there is one huge standard. For oh, a, a little night music, a little more action. Dun, 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 dun. Right? No. <laughs> no one can see your face. <laughs> no. Uh, okay, so I, I get that it's Songheim, but... <laughs> Which means it's elaborate. Uh, Actually, elaborate's a bad clue, because this is one of his most simplistic Yeah, I feel like it's songs. just a bunch of people hanging out, boning down. That's my guess. It's, it's a bone down thing, and set in nineteen hundred Sweden. That's what I was going to. I was about to say that. Uh, there is a lawyer by the name of Frederick Egerman who has just married his eighteen-year-old wife Anne, but they have not consummated the marriage yet. And it is the tangled web of affairs centered around Desiree Armfelt, Frederick, the Count Carl Magnus Malcolm. And Desiree shows up in Frederick's town to perform. They used to be together, and they kind of like sparks fly. Now there's jealousy between the Count, Frederick, Anne, Desiree, the Count's wife. And Anne has a love interest that's more age-appropriate for her. So they kind of have all of... It's a very highbrow romantic sex farce, essentially. Okay. All right, so I was, I was beating around the bush, and uh, as were all those guys. But it's also about, like, regret, okay. desire, mm-hmm. and it's beautiful, but there are also heartbreaking elements to it. Not everyone ends up happy. Okay. And the big song from this is Send in the Clowns. Really? Yeah, that's why I said elaborate's the wrong hint to give you. Send in the Clowns is from this, huh? Yes, uh, it's Desiree's, like, 11 o'clock number. And in... The clowns. I always, I know this is wrong. I always associate that with The Simpsons. Because Krusty sings it during his telethon and cries. Send in the clowns. Those daffy, laffy clowns. Send in those soulful and doleful schmotes by the bowlful clowns. Send in the clowns. <laughs> They're here. 
Yeah. Uh, which I think was to make fun of the... There's a song that Jerry Lewis used to sing during his telethon that he would sing every year and cry. So they make fun of it and have Krusty sing, sent in the clowns and cry. All right. Actually, now that I'm rereading the synopsis, everybody does kind of end up happy. Oh. Good for them. Well, everybody went to Boundtown, so good for them. So, uh, yeah, it's a... Um, ultimately, a lot of the characters do end up where they need to be. Okay. Send in the Clowns is a beautiful song. Yes. Uh, that one I know you know. Mm-hmm. I know you've heard me sing it around the house, too. This is true. This is true. Uh, ready to go way back? Okay. We're going to give you a classic here. A, an absolute classic. Can you please tell me the plot of the NES game, Bad Dudes? <laughs> All right. It is... Uh, you're in L.A. Okay. Or maybe New York. All right, yeah, same thing. And you are fighting uh, ninjas. Okay. Or maybe you are a ninja, based Ooh. on where the hands are. Okay. On the box. Uh, but you and your brother wearing your uh, not-quite-matching pants. Right, so you can tell them apart. <laughs> uh, are trying to find your way through the city to save your girlfriends from ninjas, terrorists, soldiers, monsters... All of those things. Okay. Because you two are bad dudes. Okay. This has a very famous plot. Yeah, it's definitely a beat-em-up. Yes, it is a beat-em-up, but it is very famous for... There is a screen that pops up that says what the plot is. Okay. And it simply says, the The president has been kidnapped by ninjas. Are you a bad enough dude to rescue the president? I totally... I aim too low. That is the plot of Bad Dudes. And at the end, the president buys you a hamburger. A hamburger? Yeah. Is it like Donald Trump over there? (laughs) Good God. Thanks for saving me. I forget that. I wish I had the actual screenshot up. Bad Dudes president. Because it's something like, thanks for saving me, but I'm busy. Uh, Yeah. Hey, dudes, thanks for rescuing me. Let's go for a burger. Ha, 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 ha. That's the end of Bad Dudes. All right. So, the next one for me is Kiss of the Spider Woman. Ooh, Kiss of the Spider Woman. Uh, I'm excited to see... Oh, no. Uh, So... The only hint I will give you is this was not an early draft of Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. Yeah. Kiss of the Spider-Woman. I'm going to... This is... I have no information about this. Like, like I feel like things like Thoroughly, Thoroughly Modern Millie and Parade I've at least like come across. This is the first time I've seen, seen this or heard of this. I am going to, as a straight up 100% guess say that it is the story of a black widow who is constantly marrying and killing her husbands. And uh, we'll, we'll set it we'll set it in the 50s and we because she's like, yeah, 50s. that's where like we're not quite in the 60s tie-dyes like that dark long cigarette phase. And where? Uh, where in the 50s? Like the 1950s. No, uh, no, like... Where's the set? In the world is Carmen Sandiego. Um, we'll say Paris. This is set in Paris, and uh, she's just killing all these men, and then uh, she finally meets the man that she actually loves, and she doesn't want to kill him, but he's an undercover cop trying to bring her to justice for all the murders. And the big song from it is uh, Kissed by a Rose on the Gray. It is the 1960s. Okay. In Argentina. Okay, like early 1960s, like 62, 61, before the 60s become the 60s and it still counts as the 50s? I don't have the exact (laughs) year it takes place. Uh, in front of me. A time of civic, economic, and cultural turmoil. 
Window dresser Luis Alberto Molina is in the third year of his eight-year prison sentence for sexual deviancy. What? <laughs> he lives in the fantasy world of cinema, often visited by the beautiful Aurora, his favorite film star in his imagination. He, fear, he loves her, but fears her alter ego, the Spider Woman, a vampy diva who kills men with her kiss. Okay. One day, he is forced to share a cell with Marxist revolutionary Valentin Aragui Paz. Valentin is hostile, secretive, and confrontational toward the chattering Melina and draws a line down the center of the cell to keep Melina away from him. However, Melina and Valentin, uh, after Valentin is tortured, develop a friendship and he begins to keep Valentin's secrets. The men develop a trusting relationship that extends beyond simple friendship. Do they have sex with each other? I don't know. Like, like, this is all starting to, like, I'm having a memory of this. Like, I feel like they made fun of it on 30 Rock or something. Oh, they definitely, like, this was also a film. It was also a book. I think I've seen the trailer for this movie. Yes. um, Valentin helps. uh, No, Valentin does not help. Uh, Valentin coerces Melina to do something by offering to act on Melina's attraction to him. Okay. And then, ultimately, uh, Melina confesses his love to Valentin, he is shot, and the Spider-Woman arrives and gives Melina her deadly kiss as the curtain falls. Huh. Is there a song I would know from this? Uh, The one you would have the best chance of knowing is Dear One. Dear One, no, I don't think about you. Dear One. I do nicely without you. Yes, I do know this song. Uh, do you know this, this in a context besides living with me? No, I don't. Um, I sing this in the shower pretty frequently because it's a lot of fun to sing mm. by yourself because it's a it's four characters singing at the same time, so it's fun to do different voices for Melina, Valentin, Marta, and Melina's mother. Right. So, so yeah, that's... That's what I do for fun. All right. Ready for a mean one? Oh. My next one's horrible, so okay. Okay, good. My next one is... My next one might be a cybercrime. Okay. I want you to do your best to explain to me the plot of... It's another Final Fantasy. I'm killing you. Katamari Damase. Oh. Oh. This is the weird one. With, like... It's got, like, mini games. Okay. Um, It's... Terrifying looking. Okay. Oh my god. And they, they just brought it back. Like, I think they just put it out for the Switch. Okay, yeah. I don't know if it has a plot, but it's terrifying. Oh, it has a plot. Based on this, um, it's an entire... Like, it's all of this recreational stuff behind a city, and also a giant octopus. And a rainbow. And some cows. So, All right. So <laughs> that is what you are currently looking at. You are a small cow who must make his way to the big city and through to save your mother. And then you must do all of these human things and commit to all of these human pastimes to pass as human. And then you can save your mother from the evil farmers. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely the plot. Way to focus on the wrong thing in that box art. Cow. <laughs> what am I supposed to focus on? <laughs> so what, what's the gameplay like in this? Uh, it is it is the earliest PlayStation Move game for the PlayStation 2. Uh, okay. It was like really... You have to be on all fours. <laughs> all right. And... Um, it's done through mooing. <laughs> we, we, it's 3D, 2D? Uh, it's 2D. It's a PlayStation 2 game. Don't be stupid. 2D? No alright, alright. Gotcha. <laughs> Would you like to know what this is actually about? Yes, because I, I couldn't begin to guess. Alright, I'm going to read this directly off Wikipedia. I've it, been reading all of mine off Wikipedia. In a drunken stupor. Alright, good. The eccentric... A godlike entity called the King of All Cosmos destroys all the stars, Earth's moon, and other such celestial bodies in the universe, except for the Earth itself. Despite acknowledging his mistake, the king makes his five centimeter tall son, the prince, 
go to Earth with a Katamari, a magical ball that allows anything smaller than it to stick to it to make it grow. Okay. And collect enough material for him to recreate the stars and the moon. So the prince is rolling this ball up, starting at five centimeters tall, over like toothpicks and like thumbtacks and small things, until it gets bigger and bigger, like rolling up a snowball, that it's able to then roll up things like cows Roller coasters, a baseball stadium, and an ocean liner. And then it becomes so big that you start rolling up buildings. And then it becomes so big that you start rolling up planets. Ah, that was fun. Uh, There's a side story during all of this about the Hiroshi family, Hirano family, uh, where the father is an astronaut who was going to go to the moon, but the moon was destroyed, so he didn't get to. But in the end, his family is used in the Katamari to make the moon. So instead of going to the moon, he becomes part of it. Okay, so no cows. I mean, there are cows that get rolled up. But like, they're not super important. They are are not playable characters. Na, 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 Katamari Damase. I, I remember I bought this game when the Kmart near me was closing for like $3, and I played it nonstop for like two weeks. And then I was like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> I need to stop playing Katamari Damase. But it is coming back with Katamari Damase Reroll. Oh, coming that's why it's called Reroll. Yes. All right. It's a game I actually think you would enjoy. That's part of the reason why I brought it up. Here's my cyberbullying one. Yes. Starmites. Star Mice. This was actually nominated for Best Musical. That's the one when we were preparing for this episode, I went, Really? I have some memory about... I'm closing my eyes to not, like, get any hints from Laura's face. This is not Starlight Express. I have some memory about the Mighty Mighty Star Mites, and I feel like they are a group of, like, intergalactic... Heroes that are also a band. And like using the power of music, they save the galaxy from darkness because of the mighty, mighty star mites. Uh, How the hell did you know that? I felt I felt like I've come across this in some way. It mighty mighty star mites, right? It- Uh, Mighty Star Mites was one working title of the show. Oh, right. Yes. Um, the story revolves around a shy teenager named Eleanor who creates a fantasy world involving science fiction characters in her comic book collection. She escapes into her fantasy world where the Star Mites are the guardian angels of inner space. Okay. Of inner space. So instead of outer space, it's inner space. Yeah. All right. Is there a song I would know? No. Is there not a song called The Mighty Mighty Star Mites? No, there's a song called Star Mites, which might have... With it, yeah, it's the Star Mites and Space Punk. I, this... See, this, this is a crowdfund clip crypt, so I can include all the copyrighted music, so enjoy that. Yeah. Oh, man, I thought this was going to be the meme one. The meme one so far was Parade, because I made you <laughs> talk about how it's a feel-good show. Uh, all right, so... This is where... You're going to get... This is something you should know. This is one you should definitely know. Oops, hold on. I grabbed the wrong image here. Uh, because this is one of the systems that you have. I'm at, You know what? Now I'm actually worried you might own this game. Okay. But we'll see. Uh, do you know what the plot of your game, Super Princess Peach, is? I do own this game. <laughs> Um, in this one, Mario has been kidnapped and it is on Princess Peach to save the day. Yes. Have you ever played it? Yeah. Okay. So you do know this game. Yes. Okay. I own this game. I've played this game. I've had this game longer than I've known you. Okay. Uh, in that case, I do have a backup here. 
that yeah, I Yeah, I was say I don't have like a ton of details because it's a it's just it's weird. pretty basic. Well, all the like power ups. This is also an incredibly difficult game to find. Yeah, is it? Yes, uh, it's extremely. I believe for some reason, like only Toys R Us sold it. I kind of remember that. I just remember like the major mechanics are her emotions. Yes. Like you need to make her cry to make like plants grow. Uh, some yeah, because you need to water things with yeah. her tears. Sometimes you need to make her angry. And there's a like a sentient umbrella. <laughs> oh yeah, that's her like her Yoshi is an umbrella. Like you you can also use it for like transport. All right. So in that case, to switch it up, I, I had a backup in the event that this would happen. Can you tell me the plot of Among the Sleep? Okay. So this is. Huh. Um. Among the Sleep. Oh, you're the bear. Okay. And you as the bear, you are trying to protect your child from the monsters trying to get it while it sleeps. Okay. Like monsters under the bed, monsters in the closet. You as the bear are the assigned guardian to your little boy. And you've got to protect him from anything that might get him during the night. All right. And if that's not the plot of the game, I have a great idea for a game. That sounds like a great game. It really does. Uh, you have it backwards. Oh, you're protecting the. You're the kid protecting the bear. You're a baby, and uh, you want to get your bear back. Oh. And you're trying to get your bear back, and you end up in this world of nightmares. Okay. And you're a baby, so you're only like. A foot and a half tall, and the world is so big and full of these monsters, uh, and all the levels are a metaphor for how your mom's a drunk. Yeah. <laughs> and because in throughout the game, your mom's invisible to represent that she's not really there for you. Okay. And you have to just survive all this negligence caused by your mom's rampant alcoholism, and at the end, you get to go live with your dad. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I like mine. I watched a whole Let's Play of it. I'm going to be honest. I legitimately think mine's a better plot. I think yours is way better. The idea of like the stuffy protectors and that's why stuffed animals are so protected to like how children cling to them. It's because they actually have a role in keeping children safe. Yeah. Sounds really cool. Big ups to Jake, my stuffed dog. Uh, He protect. So I believe that we're up to finales now. Okay. So this will be the last one. All right. For each of us. I hope you guys have enjoyed the show. So my last one for you is a fun one. Noah, what's the best little whorehouse in Texas about? Uh, <laughs> you didn't ask me about the one show I thought you were going to ask me about where I, that, that also kind of spawned all this. What? Which was Carousel. I kind of, if you didn't get Carousel, you were going to get in trouble. Well, Because I've gone on like rants about Carousel. Well, one of the original reasons we came up with this game is because of what I used to think. And honestly, what else? I, I honestly don't remember what Carousel is about. Oh. But I used to think Carousel was about a uh, post-apocalyptic group that had a ceremony called Carousel where they would murder someone to a god. That's what I thought Carousel was about. That would make them more likable than the characters in real Carousel. Because of an episode of South Park. I thought that was the plot of Carousel. Yeah, um, I I wanted to give you one that was a little more of a softball because I didn't think you were going to get Star Mites. I, (laughs) I tried to have a little more mercy than I think you did. I tried to pick the ones that I thought had the strangest plots that, like, you would play around with, with a mix of stuff that I thought you had a bit of knowledge about. Uh, I mean, like, with Final Fantasy, you were like, pretty boy, weather-based name. I was like, that's a good chunk of what people understood about Final Fantasy X, so yeah. It's true. Uh, so, uh, the best little whorehouse in Texas... Yes. ...is about a little whorehouse in Texas... That wins an award for being the best. But I'm sure that there's like some sort of twist to this. So I would say that either the women are all men and it's like a situation where... What is that movie? 
Ah, whatever. Or, uh... Are you, are you talking about the crying game? No, I'm not talking about the crying game. We saw the women were... Oh, Lakash? Birdcage. No, uh, Tu Wong Fu. Oh, Tu Wong Fu, thanks tu for Wong Fu, yeah. One of my favorite films. A Tu Wong Fu situation? Or, um, it's about, uh, a, a place pretending to be a whorehouse when it's secretly, like, something wholesome. And that's kind of the bit. Is that like we're pretending to be a whorehouse, but we're actually helping women become doctors? No. <laughs> the best little whorehouse in Texas, a rollicking hoot nanny of a musical. A hoot nanny? Is based on the true story of a legendary Texas brothel, which operated from the 1840s to 1973. Protected by a friendly sheriff and frequented by politicians, football teams, and others, the Chicken Ranch. This never came up before in my life, and Chicken Ranch, as term for brothel, has come up twice in the last week. <laughs> Thrived in the small town of Gilbert, Texas. Girls came from all over to work at the ranch and make a little extra money. A crusading do-gooder Houston radio commentator and his conservative audience exposed the Chicken Ranch, forcing it to shut down its doors forever. So it's just about a little whorehouse in Texas? Yes. Ah, no twist involved. Also, I'm going to give you the bonus of Carousel is about... A drunk carnival barker who ends up with a girl from one of the towns his his carnival travels to. Uh, He's an abusive drunk. She gets pregnant. And he decides to, like, do, like, a a heist with his Mm friends. Because now he needs money for the baby. Right. He gets shot and killed during the heist. Oh. And that's how Act 1 ends. Oh, my God. Uh, Act 2 is him dead. Looking over, and he gets to visit with his daughter, Louise, for one day, on the day of her graduation. Oh. And he is redeemed? Mm. He sucks. Billy Bigelow is one of the worst characters in musical theater. It's very values dissonance in that he's still the hero, but we see him on stage hit Julie, his wife. Ugh. But he's supposed to be the hero. It's... It's a very difficult piece to pull off in modern day. Can, can I guess what Act 3 is then? There's no Act 3. He gets drunk and destroys all the stars. And then his daughter has to use a Katamari to rebuild the universe. Is that what it is? So there's a character called the Starkeeper. <laughs> really? <laughs> I would like to believe that Carousel is a prequel to Katamari Damase. Or Starmites. Or Starmites. Um, I'm trying to remember what the... The Starkeeper is like a guardian angel character, if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. Uh, so as as things are heating up, I'm going to get ready to send you uh, the final one for our game here. I, I hope you guys have enjoyed this. Yeah, the Starkeeper is who tells Billy he didn't do enough to get into heaven. Really? Yes. That's funny. Uh, I'm going to work on that... Game theory, film theory episode. (laughs) Oh, God. I'm rereading the synopsis. Billy, who's dead, offers Louise, his daughter, a gift. The star he stole from heaven. She refuses it, and frustrated, he slaps her hand. He makes himself invisible, and Louise tells Julie what happened, stating that the slap miraculously felt like a kiss, not a blow. And Julie understands her perfectly. Interesting. Yeah, like, it's okay. He hits you because he loves you. Oh, what a great message. Yeah. What um, a great message. I have a great story with Carousel. Yeah. Uh, When I was younger, my mom had a subscription to a local theater, and one of the shows they were doing one year was Carousel. They also did, like, Once Upon a Mattress and Little Shop of Horrors and a few other ones I really liked. And when it was the day to go see Carousel... My mom and my aunt were like going to the theater with me and they were like, you know, I really don't like Carousel. My mom's like, I don't like Carousel either. I was like, why are we seeing this if no one likes it? And then after the show ended, I went, why did we see that? I no longer like Carousel. I do not like this. That being said, there is beautiful music in Carousel. Interesting. Um, is there a song I know from Carousel or little, little, The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas? I actually don't know a lot of the music in The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Okay. Um, but... Uh, You'll Never Walk Alone is the big song. Okay, okay. I know that one. Yes. 
All right, what's your what's right, your finale? So this is the last one, so I just want to say thank you to everybody in the crowdfund crypt for voting for this episode. This I is hope fun. this has been a lot of fun. It's not usually the type of thing we usually do, so we wanted to try something new for the crowdfund crypt. I hope you guys really liked it. Um, headphone warning to anyone listening. Laura, what's the plot of the witness? Correct. Sometimes you're a nice young woman in New Jersey and your fiance discovers an incredibly annoying game where you'll be in the middle of your day doing a chore or perhaps playing a game of your own. And he goes, hold on. Do you see something here? Wait, wait, do these line up? Can you tell me if you see something here? And then you develop a personal vendetta against a video game. And then occasionally it shows public domain news clips that you're supposed to give two shits about. (laughs) But it never really goes anywhere. And then a couple years later, he decides to start playing it again. (laughs) So this is the tale of a good, kind young woman who has to put up with an awful lot of crap in a poorly developed puzzle game. And now I just solved the witness. <laughs> Mic drop. You can email us at thestaydoomshow at gmail.com or Facebook and Twitter. No, wait, stay I have doomed. stuff to say. Until next time. No. Stay doomed. Boop, boop, boop. Watch Solving the Witness on the Plus Two Comedy Gaming Channel.